Good morning. Before we really get started, um, I want to address something that might be on your mind. I know it's been on my mind lately. Um, our country's really been in a time of struggle as of late. Obviously, we've been dealing with the coronavirus. Um, we all know about that, but on top of that, um, our country has slowly over time um, become less and less moral, and we've seen the consequences of that in things like shootings and things like what happened with the jail yesterday. Um, there's been a, a lot of stuff that's been negative in our world, and I, I think our country more than anything needs our prayers now more than ever. So before we get started, um, will you join me in prayer, and, and we'll pray for our country. Dear Lord, we come before you so thankful for the country that we live in, um, for living in the freest country that has ever existed and that probably ever will exist, Lord, and um, we, we thank you most of all for the freedom of religion that we have in this country, for the freedom to worship you, uh, to love you, to call you the Lord of our lives, to call you our King. Um, Lord, we want to pray for this nation, um, for uh, the morals of this nation. We, we've seen them decline, and we pray that um, you'll be restored to uh, being the, the ruler of this nation, that we'll hold you back in high regard like we used to. Um, we pray that you'll give us wisdom, you'll give us guidance. We pray that you'll raise up um, leaders that will um, point us back in the direction of you and that um, our country will go back um, to, to putting you above all other things. Um, we thank you once again for this country, and more than that, we thank you for Jesus, and it's through him that we pray. Amen. In everything in your life, I bet you seek approval of some kind. Um, maybe you don't care what other people think about you, but there are people in your life that you care um, what they think about you. Uh, maybe friends, family members, you care if they approve of what you're doing. You want them to say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the things that you've done, um, whether it's your career or your job, um, your life as a whole. You want them to be proud and approve of the things that you're doing. You know, I had a friend growing up, um, we played baseball together, and he had a stepdad that was um, very harsh, and all he ever wanted was for his stepdad to say, I'm proud of you. Um, we played baseball together, and he was the best pitcher on our team, and he could go out there and throw about as perfect of a game as you could get. Maybe he'd walk one batter and strike everyone else out, and we'd win 20 to zero, and we'd get in the car because I'd go over to his house after, and his dad would look at him and say, I'm disappointed. You can do better. I know that's an extreme example, but he was someone who really craved um, his stepfather's approval. He wanted his stepfather to approve of the job that he'd done. Uh, and I use that as an illustration to say, once again, we all want the approval of somebody, whether it's a friend, a parent, um, people as a whole, if you care what um, society thinks about you. Whatever it is, you want to be approved of. Our number one focus, however, should always be seeking the approval of God. Um, we need to be searching for God's approval above everything else. If you want to turn in your Bibles this morning, we'll be in Galatians chapter 1 for basically all of the lesson. Galatians chapter 1 starting in verse 10. Galatians 1 and verse 10, it'll be on the screen if you want to read it there. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul asks a rhetorical question here, and he even answers it for us. He says, who do you, the Galatian church, the, the church that I'm writing, these, uh, writing this letter to, who do you think that I'm seeking the approval of? Am I seeking the approval of mankind, 
or am I seeking the approval of God? And he answers for us. He says, if I were trying to please man or, or get the approval of man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul here implies that in order to get the approval of God, you have to be a servant of Christ. And I think that's a concept that rings true today, and that's something I want to discuss. God's approval comes from serving Christ. And so this morning, I want us to find three ways in which uh, if we serve Christ, we'll receive the approval of God. So to begin, God's approval comes from serving Christ uh, by living his gospel. Uh, if you want to read verses 11 and 12 with me. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. God's approval comes from serving Christ by living his gospel. Um, I want to read verse 9 real quick just to give you some context, what's going on in the Galatian letter. Uh, As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. The Galatians had heard a gospel different than the gospel that Paul brought when he preached there. Um, What's going on? There were some that came and challenged Paul's gospel. They challenged his teachings. They said that Paul wasn't completely right in what he taught to the churches in Galatia. Galatia being the region of modern-day Turkey. Um, There were a bunch of churches of Galatia. These teachers were Judaizers. Um, They were coming into the church and teaching that Christians had to, these Gentile Christians who weren't Jews had to be circumcised. They had to keep parts of the law of Moses to be saved. And so then ultimately in Acts 15, these Judaizers came to the church in Antioch. Um, That's kind of the home base for Paul. Paul and Barnabas have just gotten back from the first missionary journey. And the Judaizers are disturbing the church in Antioch. And so Paul and Barnabas disagree. They have this big debate. But no one is convinced either way. And so the church in Antioch, they send Paul and Barnabas, Paul and, Barnabas and all the Judaizers back to Jerusalem to ask what the apostles think and what the elders of the church in Jerusalem think. And so that's what's going on when the letter of Galatians is written. Um, the Jerusalem council in Acts 15 has taken place. Uh, a verdict has been reached that... Gentile Christians don't have to be circumcised. They don't have to keep all aspects of the law. Um, there were four things that they, they needed to do. Flee from sexual immorality. Um, stay away from meat sacrifice to idols. Stay away from blood. Um, those were, were three of the things. They, they needed to stay away from those things, but they didn't have to keep all of the law of Moses. And, and so that's where we're at. Paul is writing to the Galatians because these Judaizers have seeped into Galatia, into the churches up there. And they're turning away from the gospel that Paul originally brought, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of grace and not works. And so um, that's where we're at when Paul writes this, uh, this letter, and he writes verses 11 and 12. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, something is always, um, it's always more impressive when you think it's original, an invention, an idea, um, if someone comes to you with it, you'll think it's really impressive if you think it's a ri- an original idea, you know. Um, in our schools today, that's why we punish plagiarism so heavily. We don't want people to steal from others. My wife always gets mad because she'll whisper a joke in my ear and then I'll say it out loud and everyone laughs. Cause I, and I stole her joke and everyone thinks that it's really funny and that it's me, but secretly it's my wife. And so she deserves that, that glory, that, that praise um, for that joke. Um, she deserves the, the laughing, I guess. But it's always more impressive when you think it's original. Well, 
um, these Judaizers are saying that Paul's message isn't original. That Paul, uh, it's not an original to Christ. That Paul came up with it on his own. That it's not the truth. But, calls, but Paul's gospel is original to Christ. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Paul didn't learn this from anybody else. He learned it specifically from a re, uh, revelation of Jesus Christ. So, so Christ came and revealed this to Paul himself. This is a call for those that are hearing this message. Um, in, in verses 11 and 12, to obey the gospel, to live out the gospel that Paul preached to them previously. Um, Paul preached this gospel when he went on that first missionary journey, and it's a call to go back to it, to go back and live that gospel, to live the true gospel of Christ. And so the question for us today, are we following the unadulterated gospel of Christ? Are you following the unadulterated gospel of Christ, or have you subscribed to a different gospel. Uh, serving Christ means doing what he says and only what he says. Maybe your gospel says that attendance is the only important thing. Being here Sunday morning and Wednesday night. Maybe that's um, what your gospel says. You've taken away from some other parts of the gospel. That's not the true gospel of Christ. Maybe your gospel says that you can have a, a life of, of secret sin and still be in a right relationship with God. That's not what the gospel of Christ says. Maybe your gospel says that Everyone has to have identical beliefs as you in every little thing. And don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about um, salvation beliefs here like baptism, repentance. Those things are very necessary. Um, 1 Peter 3.21, Peter literally says baptism saves you. So we know that that is vitally important. I'm talking about matters of opinion. Um, like the afterlife, what's, what's heaven going to be like? Um, maybe your gospel says that if people differ from you in that belief... That, that they won't be saved. That's not what the gospel of Christ says. Um, maybe it's um, the order of worship. You find that so very important if we put a prayer out of order. That's not something that, that's legislated by God. None of those things that I just mentioned are the full gospel of Christ. His gospel says that Christianity is an entire lifestyle. It's not just Sunday and Wednesday. It's every single day, every single hour. His gospel says that you can't hide um, things from God. You can't hide your sins. It's a, an entire lifestyle. It says that you can't bind things where God hasn't bound. The Pharisees tried to bind that you had to go and wash your hands before you had to eat. God never bound that, but the Pharisees bound it on the people, and so Jesus rebuked them uh, in Mark uh, chapter 7, I believe. God's approval comes from serving Christ and by living out his gospel. It is Christ, not Christ plus. It's Jesus, not Jesus plus whatever you want to add. It's not Jesus minus whatever you want to take away. It's just the gospel of Jesus. So God's approval comes from serving Christ, first off, by living out his gospel. Secondly, God's approval comes from serving Christ by leaving your old life. Let's read verses 13 and 14. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my father. We all know the old phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And how true that is. If something's working, if it's going well, don't mess with it. You might try and optimize it, but don't completely fix it. Well, the opposite is true. If it is broke, we need to fix it. If your water heater goes out, maybe you can reach in and fix it, or maybe you'll have to entirely replace it. Paul, when he was Saul, he was trying to destroy the church. Um, he says there in verse 13, I persecuted the church of God violently. 
he was violent to the members of the church. Um, he says, I tried to destroy it. And in his old life, he was advancing in Judaism far beyond um, everyone else that was his age. You know, he was the guy that everyone wanted to be. He was the Hebrew of Hebrews. Um, when people looked at Paul, that was what they wanted their son to grow up to be. He was on track to be a Pharisee, to be a member of the Sanhedrin Council. Um, Paul had, had everything he could ever want, but in order to serve Christ, he had to give all that up. He had to walk away from all of that, everything he could want in Judaism. He felt like what he was doing was right. Uh, Paul thought that the church should have been persecuted. He thought that they were turning away from God and the true message of God. But when he heard those words on the road to Damascus, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? His whole world, his whole um, view of the world, his, his belief system was all flipped upside down. If you want God's approval and you want to serve Christ, you have to leave your old life. Um, you have to leave those, those things from your past life, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is. You have to leave all of those things and turn to Christ. You have to leave your past life if you want God's approval. And then the third point, God's approval comes from serving Christ by following his calling. Starting in verse 15, but when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to, to Damascus. When Paul converted to Christianity, once again, it was probably a bit of a culture shock. He left everything that he'd ever learned, everything he'd ever known, and turned to Christ instead. He was leaving the things that he'd followed since birth, leaving the law of Moses. He had to come, he'd come to the realization at this point in his life that it was according to God's foreordained plan. Um, the Greek here, uh, he set me apart uh, before I was born. It literally means set apart from my mother's womb. That, that's what Paul's saying. It means that God had a plan that, that he was putting in place. Paul was in the right place at the right time to carry out the will, the will of God. And it said uh, at the end of verse 15, by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me. God, by his grace. God revealed Jesus to Paul out of grace. Paul didn't deserve that. Once again, he was murdering members of the church. He was trying to completely destroy the church. But God was gracious to him. And so Paul followed the calling of God. And he preached it to the Gentiles. If you want to read 2 and verse 8 with me. For he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles. That's Galatians 2 and verse 8. Paul understood that God had called him to be to the Gentiles what Peter was to the Jews. If you've ever looked at the book of Acts, um, the first half is, is about Peter. Um, he's really the main protagonist of the first half of Acts up to chapter 12. And it's Peter evangelizing, being the apostle to the Jews. And then the second half from Acts 13 on is about Paul um, evangelizing and being an apostle to the Gentiles. God was always, using the, always planning to use Paul in this way. And he wants to make it clear. He said uh, in verse 17, nor did I go up to Jerusalem, or at the, at the end of 16, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. He wants to make it clear. His message wasn't from anybody but Christ. You know, the shift in his life was radical. The Jews wanted to kill Paul um, because of how radical that change was and because of what he was preaching. And to outsiders, to the Jews outside of Paul's situation, they might have thought he'd been forced or that he'd been brainwashed. But Paul wants to make it clear. I didn't talk to anybody but Jesus. 
Jesus is the only person that gave me what I've taught to you. Instead, so instead of going and consulting with others about his newfound faith, Paul went away into Arabia. And that's not mentioned in Acts. Um, we can't find that in Luke's account specifically, but it happened somewhere between Acts 9, 25 through 26. He went out to Arabia. That's the country outside of Damascus and most likely reflected on that newfound faith. Um, he preached to those around him and then he went back to Damascus and then he went up to Jerusalem and met the apostles for the first time. But what's important, Paul learned directly from Jesus his gospel and he followed that calling. He wanted to serve Christ, so he left everything behind and followed the calling of God. God called him to be that apostle. And ultimately, who was Paul? The greatest missionary that has ever lived on our earth. That's who Paul became, all because he was willing to follow the calling of God. And he was seeking God's approval above the approval of man, if, if you go back to verse 10 with me. You know, we all crave approval of some kind. The most important approval that you can get is the approval of God. And once again, the way to find God's approval, Paul told us in verse 10, he conflates getting God's approval with serving Christ. If you want God to approve of you, you have to serve Christ. You have to humble yourself and make yourself one of his servants. And so some of those ways you can serve, once again, by living out his gospel. You know, the gospel is not just words on a page. It's not just the first four books of the, of the New Testament. Now, that's often what we think about the gospel being. I've been really trying to hammer it home with the youth uh, in our Wednesday night class that the gospel, euangelion, it's the good news of Jesus. It's the lifestyle that you choose to live when you hear that good news. And so you have to obey that gospel. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it. To serve Christ, you have to leave your past life. Whether it was as great as Paul felt uh, his past life was, um, he felt like he had everything probably, but what he was missing was Christ. Whether it was that good or whether it was as bad as Lazarus in Luke chapter 19 where he was struggling every day to find crumbs to even survive. However good or bad your past life is, you have to leave it. It all becomes secondary to your identity as a servant of Christ. You have to give up the good, the bad, the follow Christ. If you do all that, things are going to fall in line. Look at what happened for Lazarus uh, in Luke chapter 19. He was in the waiting place. He was ready to go to heaven and live with God. That's the greatest reward that we can ever have. So we have to leave all that in the past. And finally, you have to follow the calling of God. God has a plan, and you fit into it somehow. You don't have to go to preaching school. You don't have to go up to the Bear Valley Bible Institute in Denver. You don't have to move all the way to Africa. That's not what you have to do to follow the plan of God, to follow his calling. But you're going to have to give some things up in your life. You're going to have to give up control. You're going to have to let God be the king of your life, be your master. Um, you're going to have to start planning your life around him. Uh, his priorities have to be your priorities. Your first priority has to be to do the will of God and grow his kingdom. And ultimately, if you do that, you're going to be following the calling of God. You're going to line up with his plan, whether you can see it or not. Sometimes the plan of God is hard to see. But rest assured, if you're trying to do what he wants, if you're following his, his plan in the Bible... Um, then you'll be doing his will. If you're willing to do those things, if you're willing to serve Christ, you're going to gain God's approval. God is, you're going to have a right relationship with him, the right relationship that I hope you're craving every single day. Maybe this morning you haven't committed to serving Christ. Um, maybe uh, you've heard about it, you've thought about it, but you haven't fully committed to it. Well, we'd love to help you with that. You are never going to have a right relationship with God 
if you don't have Jesus. So this morning, um, we'd love to help you with that. Um, if it's putting on uh, Jesus in baptism, maybe it, you still need to study a bit. We'd love to help you with that too. Um, we want to help you become a member of the body of Christ. If you have something else that, that you need help with, if you're struggling, um, we'd love to help you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, but first and foremost, I want you to get God's approval. I want God to look at you on that day of judgment and say, enter in my good and faithful servant. I want God to look at you and say, I'm proud of you. So if you're not in a right relationship with God, we want to help you with that, whether you have been in the past or not. Um, if you have a need this morning, this opportunity is going to be for you. Um, you can come forward. Uh, let's